The Scottish Mortgage Podcast Invest in Progress is back. Join the managers and their guests as they go behind the scenes of some of the most innovative companies of our time. Companies like Climeworks, who are pioneering technology to remove carbon dioxide from the air. Or Zobi, who are at the forefront of a new era of aviation developing electric air taxis. Or Aurora, who are building software so that trucks can drive themselves. Hear from the leaders of these exceptional businesses on their vision and what the world could look like if they succeed. Available now on all major platforms. Your capital is at risk. Hello, my name is John Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show from Cityware. I'm here today with Robert Clark, Sales and Marketing Director at RC Brown. Robert, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. RC Brown's launched this incubator service for, for wealth firms. Could you tell me a little bit about it? Yes, um, in essence, we've looked at how financial advisors have networks and they, they source different services from that network. And we've applied the same rationale for investment managers or fund managers who might be looking to set up on their own if they've previously worked at a large institution and they, they now fancy uh, giving things a, a go under their own brand. Sure. I mean, is there a demand for it? What, what's the sort of mood music? Why are you doing it, basically? The, there is a demand for it. Um, we, ex- we think that there's a huge amount of turbulence in the job market um, about to, to come underway. We've already seen the likes of WH Island and Brooks McDonald announce um, job redundancies yeah. or, or reorganisations. The Rathbones Investec merger is undoubtedly going to result in some of the same, and we've heard a whisper that Bruins might also be uh, looking to, to shed staff as well. So if the big employers are, are getting rid of people, not all of those people are, are yet ready to leave the industry, and, and it would be a crying shame if the industry allowed that amount of experience to just disappear. So we've come up with a framework that enables people to set up their own branded investment firm, whether that's discretionary private client portfolios or with an OIC or a fund, um, but without the the pressures of trying to apply direct to the FCA for authorization and all the additional financial constraints that that comes under. Sure, and maybe we could drill down into the framework a little bit. What, what exactly are you offering? I, I know you're, you're, you're offering the sort of authorization, this OIC system. Let, let's drill down into it a little bit. Yeah, the... Each business is a trading as subsidiary of R.C. Brown. So they sit under our regulatory license. So we have already put aside the required regulatory capital. Um, They fall under our uh, PI cover as well because we're an existing firm. Mm. We can get it at a better price than a brand new firm. Um, We also have existing trading platforms. We can help with application paperwork. Uh, FSCS levy, all, all those kind of things that are nuts and bolts if you want to play in our industry, that's what our framework provides. What we don't do is dictate investment policy. Sure. So each individual firm is free to decide how they construct their asset allocation, who their target client market is, but RC Brown is the regulated entity that provides the compliance oversight for all those businesses. And, you know, what's it in it for you guys? How, 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 how are you making money out of this? Is, is, is it lucrative for you? It is. Um, we charge a, a fee for those services. Yeah. Um, it's in the region of 0.3% per annum. I say in the region of because it depends, depends on the client which, base, which right? of those services the individual firms use. Um, but 
It's lucrative for us in that we are making some money from it, but it's not our main income stream as a business. So we're we're looking to help. Well, I suppose help. at the same time you want these businesses to be profitable. Well, as well absolutely. It's all it's all about assets under management. So if the underlying businesses are successful, um, then RC Brown is successful as well. We also have our own private client business that that we manage entirely separately to uh, to this yeah. structure. Um, so we're involved in the market, we understand the day-to-day issues, but we don't meddle in the day-to-day running. And how many businesses do you have under this incubator system? We've currently got five. Yep. Um, we're in discussions with uh, three firms at the moment for late this year, early next year, and we've had multiple conversations with people looking beyond that. What we're finding is People don't know that these type of services exist. We're, we're not unique in providing this type of service, but we are unique in allowing individual branding and individual asset allocation. I mean, it, it comes with pretty negative mood music for boutique firms. I mean, we've had Tullworth the other week selling off to Premier Might. And I mean, is it almost impossible for boutiques to survive in the current environment with all these regulatory pressures? You've got consumer duty recently as well. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Um, I don't believe all the pressures are from the regulator. I think the regulatory pressures come in when other business fundamentals have failed. So one of the first things we do is ask for a business plan. Um, what market are the, uh, the intended firm going to target? What, how are they going to price themselves? What's their cash flow going to look like? We, we work in a world where we don't get paid up front, we get delayed payment. And if you then factor in clients invariably will need to be moved from somewhere else to the new firm, that takes time as well. So we ask the new firm, how would they fund themselves for the first 12 months? Um, so cash flow is key. Um, but yeah, this fundamental business planning, I think, is the is why some boutiques are are struggling. So you think they're getting it wrong, essentially, a lot of them? I, I don't think they've revisited business plans from 2017, 2018. The okay. world is very different post-COVID. Yeah. Um, the, the Tullworth example, their assets under management dropped through the floor. Kind of halved, really, didn't they? Or well, more, yeah. in some cases, more than yeah. halved. So therefore, their income stream more than halved. So it's understandable that their external investor then got cold feet about would they ever get their money back. Sure. The way we approach it is if, if, but, if but firms that, can fund themselves hmm. for a period of time, then they're not beholden to an external source. I mean, in fairness, in that situation, they had over 500 million in assets. It's, it's not to be sniffed at. You know, it, it is, is there a size issue even at that kind of scale? Assets under management isn't the key. It's profitable assets mm. under management. Okay. So you could have a billion, but if your if your infrastructure, your overheads are greater than the income you are deriving from that billion, you're still going to fail. That that's basic business. It's it's not unique to financial services. Um, and this is where I think some of the boutiques have succumbed to external pressure or haven't revisited what their original plan was or their distribution model hasn't been as robust as it should mm. be. So in the MPS environment, to get on a platform, some platforms insist on either 
taking a fee to, to be present or the client pays a reduced fee. So if you set up your business on a set income model for you and then you're being told, well, actually to sell that, you need to take a pay cut, that's fundamental. Sure. Okay. I think we were chatting over email about sort of the interest you've had in the incubator service. Um, and apparently there's been lots of interest, but quite a few unsuitable clients. What's, what have you been seeing there? What's, what's been wrong with some of those applications? The, there are a lot of people that have the aspiration to have their own firm, but they don't necess- necessarily have the business competence, hmm. which astonishes me for, for people that... Are investors. Right? Are, yeah, our investors yeah. analyse other companies day in, day out. But when you ask them to put their own business plan together, don't know where to start, don't know how to construct it. Um, So yes, there's a lot of people that love the idea of being their own boss, but if they've only ever worked in a large institution, they they only know one way of doing things. Right, okay. And and so is it really a small percentage of people that have the business acumen to actually do it? I would say that one in five at the moment, we are having sensible further conversations with. So yeah, for for every five that I have an initial interest with, only one of those we take it further. And then of that, probably only only two or three mm. eventually get over the hurdle. Um, and sometimes that's down to, to timing. So there's almost an, an element of, you know, there's quite a lot of due diligence on your part in, in the onboarding process. You know, what, what happens if you get it wrong? Um, well, then then people suffer. Um, we, the, the big word across RC Brown, no matter what we do, is trust. Um, so when, when we first created the private client side of RC Brown back in 2010, we'd known each other in the industry for, for quite a while and, and, and then we were able to, to come together. Um, but we all trust each other to do our, our component parts implicitly. So when we're talking to anybody else about taking that leap of faith and setting up on their own, we're not going to set people up for a fall. We want to be able to mm. trust in them that they, they do have the acumen to run themselves day to day because that's, that's a core part of the proposition. We don't meddle in, in their asset choices or construction or um, distribution. So if they're not successful, we would then have to get involved, which would be a distraction from our day-to-day business. You've kind of alluded to sort of profitability of running your own business. What's kind of the biggest red flag that you're seeing at the moment when people are giving these applications? To it's you? cash flow is, cash the, flow, is yeah. the, the biggest one. Um, unrealistic expectation as, as to how soon people might get paid and how many existing clients might or might not transfer with that manager. Yeah. So if they've been a, a long-term, you know, a 10-year-plus manager at, a, at an institution... They don't know whether the clients are there because of them or because of the brand that they were working for. And, and this is the only mm. time that you can test that. So again, I, I think it's having realistic or unrealistic expectations as to when income might fall. And again, we li- live in a, or work in a world where quarterly or half yearly payment of fees has been the tradition. Well, that's a very long time to wait. So. R.C. Brown and some of our, our subsidiaries, we work on a monthly model. Sure. And we're seeing more of our competitors start to move in that direction. But again, the larger the firm, the slower it is for, for that to transition in. But that's a quick win mm. for anybody who's starting up on their own. 
money in the bank pretty quickly. Absolutely. Right? Sure. And, and, you know, at the start of the conversation, we were talking about job calls across the industry, you know, the likes of Brooks and, and things like WH Island's got its issues and sort of Investec, Rathbone's merger. Where are you expecting over the next, say, six to 12 months to see the most sort of applications coming from? That's difficult because if, if I look at who we currently have as subsidiaries, not all of them have been startups. Some of them have been existing businesses working under other brands. So one of them used to be a Raymond James firm, um, but they wanted to, to launch their own OIC, hmm. which wasn't something Raymond, Raymond James could do before their restrictions came in, um, which is why they came to us. So we're not, we're not specifically targeting any particular firm. Um, any opportunity is worth a conversation, but we're not surprised to see existing businesses transition from one proposition to another because there's probably four or five players in this space mm. and we all do things slightly differently. And I think choice is, is key. Um, people should have a variety of things to consider. Um, but what we're finding is the, the ability to apply your own branding, your own business name, um, and not be told you have to use these assets in your portfolio mix, that's, those seem to be the, the key attractions. And, and, you know, you say you've got a, a couple of competitors in this space. Um, the one that comes to mind probably is Raymond James. Um, how would you say you differentiate from them? Um, w Raymond James is, is difficult to quantify at the moment, um, not wholly because of their, their restrictions, but prior to that, they're going through an evolution of their services. Mm. And, and part of that evolution is why they're under restriction, we believe, that there were inconsistencies as to what their proposition was. But what we have seen is they're moving more to a franchise model. So if you were to open an office, say, in Basingstoke, mm. you would be Raymond James Basingstoke. You couldn't put your own brand upon it. And we've also start to see um, some asset creep as well. So they have their preferred funds or, um, or suppliers of, of, uh, of technology okay. that they are pushing their, those offices to then use, where we're saying there's a, a, a greater degree of freedom. Interesting you use the word freedom. I mean, when I spoke to the Raymond James American CEO, Paul Riley, he was very much saying that he's offering Charles Stanley advisors freedom is the word he used, but, but you seem to think not so much. Um, Everyone has a slightly different definition of freedom. Um, there's absolute freedom. Now, you know, we are not offering absolute freedom. If people want to use the trading platform that RC Brown uses, then we can bolt that in. Um, but we don't insist on it. It makes uh, dealing and custody and everything else so much mm. easier if they do, uh, but we don't insist upon it. Those are the, the type of things that we're seeing Raymond James and others just saying it's this or nothing else. Yeah. And, and, and do you have any oversight on the investment decisions that each individual firm is making or are you giving them carte blanche to do what they like? There's a compliance oversight. Mm. So everything has to be properly registered, regulated, funded, um, but we don't, we don't have a company investment philosophy that other people have. So it's not, it's not a centralised system? No, please. no. But so long as the instruments that people are using are compliant in a UK regime, yeah. then there shouldn't be any problems. 
Excellent. And, and, you know, we were alluded to the Roman James restrictions just, just then. Have you seen that as a bit of an advantage for you guys? Have you had an increased interest in your service on the back of that? We've seen a, uh, an increase in inquiries from existing Raymond James offices, um, but again, they are caught between the devil and the deep blue sea that they can't ask anyone at Raymond James what the future looks like at the moment because mm. we don't believe Raymond James knows. Um, and also the, the time it takes to transition an existing business across to something new, um, the clients would be left in, in limbo yeah. as well. So yes, there's been a, an increase in initial phone calls, um, but that's currently the, the stage we're at. Excellent. Well, Robert, yeah, any other points you'd like to add? Um, only that I've, I've been in this industry for 35 plus years, um, and I, I just think conversations like this need to be had in a broader context. Um, I worked for Barclays for, for 20 of those those years. And when I stepped outside of Barclays, I was astonished as to how institutionalized I was without realizing it. And I, I fear for some of my colleagues that are working for these larger firms that they will only think laterally about, I need to find another large firm to go and work for. They won't necessarily think, oh, great opportunity to mm. actually go and do something on my own because they don't know how to, they don't know who to refer to to get the advice and guidance. And, and that's why having this conversation is great because if we can help educate people, not only about the RC Brown proposition, but the likes of Raymond James and others, get the industry actually putting a, an arm around these people who will feel, some of them will, will feel pretty let down sure. by, by yeah. being made redundant. And, and dare I say it, maybe the, the jobs available at the larger institutions won't be, uh, there won't be many available at the no, moment. exactly. There will be more people applying for jobs than there are jobs available. Um, but as an industry, we can't afford to lose all the experience that will be displaced. Good stuff. Well, Robert, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. The Scottish Mortgage Podcast Invest in Progress is back. Join the managers and their guests as they go behind the scenes of some of the most innovative companies of our time. Companies like Climeworks, who are pioneering technology to remove carbon dioxide from the air. Or Zobi, who are at the forefront of a new era of aviation developing electric air taxis. Or Aurora, who are building software so that trucks can drive themselves. Hear from the leaders of these exceptional businesses on their vision and what the world could look like if they succeed. Available now on all major platforms. Your capital is at risk.